Welcome to the podcast. We're kicking off the fourth season of the podcast, a space designed to have raw, real, and authentic conversations around health and wellness, featuring none other than our incredible pure ambassadors of wellness. Welcome back to the podcast. My name is Melissa Norris. I am a health educator at the Student Health and Counseling Center, and I'm back with our pure ambassadors of wellness. We're going to quickly introduce themselves. Hi, I'm Simran. I'm Leanna. I'm Holly. And today we're talking about imposter syndrome. I'm, so we're going to kind of talk a little bit about like what it is for one, because I think the term itself is somewhat commonly recognized, but maybe not fully. We're going to talk about how it's showing up and then how do we overcome it? How do we push past it? So I will even share some resources along the way about how we can help support our students with what they're experiencing. So I first thing I want to start with is the definition. So originally we went to social media and asked people like, do you know what imposter syndrome is? We had about three quarters of our followers who said, yeah, I know what this thing is. Uh, we then provided the definition, which essentially is that persistent inability to believe in your success, uh, that it is deserved, that it's been legitimately achieved as a result of your work, your efforts, your skills, right? So once we provided that definition, we asked people, have you experienced it? Uh, so we had 87% who said they've experienced this concept of imposter syndrome, which I think that's really telling because even when we don't know what the term is, once we're kind of informed of what that is, it's like, oh, no, I know the feeling. I know what that experience is. So I kind of want to start really broadly there for what are your experiences when it comes to imposter syndrome? How has it shown up for you guys? Um, I can start. I know for me, it really came through when I like go through and talk to people and I'm like, oh my God, hi guys. Uh, I don't actually say that. I'm like, hello, uh, I need like, let's say a letter of recommendation or I need to talk to like an employer or whatever. And every single time that I go through that process, I always feel like I'm not enough. Like everything I have, no matter how long, like my resume or CV might be, it's just too short. And I could be doing like 10 other things because I've always been like an overachiever. It just never feels like I am. It always comes back to, oh, you're not enough, like you're not doing enough. Yeah, I agree. It, it usually comes when I'm like talking to my peers and like I hear like what they're doing and I'm like, well, I'm not doing that. Am I doing enough? And then it just like starts for me to like be mean to myself kind yeah. of, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. For me, I feel like I experience imposter syndrome quite a bit throughout the week. I am a part of SMIC camp, so I am around a lot of individuals who are very intelligent and very hardworking, and I get to hear about all of their achievements and all the things that they're doing. And even though I'm like so proud and excited for what is in what is to come for them, sometimes my mind starts to get into like a negative realm where I start to doubt myself and my brain starts asking me, well, what are you doing to be a qualified person for the program that you're in? And because everybody else seems to be doing so much more than you. So yeah, I've just been like dealing with those kinds of thoughts throughout this semester and past semesters and figuring out, well, how can I like overcome these thoughts so that I can reach the goals that I want? And it's like funny because like you're a part of the program too. Like I know that is you, but it's like it doesn't feel like it. You always feel like that outsider, or it's like you would never say the things you say to yourself to someone else. Yeah, you right. don't see them that way. And yeah, I feel like I'm like the hardest on myself, even though like like you said, I am in the program and I should feel like I like deserve like the position and stuff. But still, like 
I'm hard on myself just for whatever reason. Well, I think by nature we compare ourselves so greatly to the people around us. I mean, we can't just focus on the accomplishments sometimes of what we've been able to do, but it's the, yeah, but mm -hmm. I look at my counterpart who's next to me and they've done this, like you said, they did this, I haven't done that. And so we're kind of in this constant realm of comparing ourselves to the next person over instead of appreciating where we're at and our own experiences too. It's always really funny when someone's not even in the same field as I am and I'm still like, I didn't do that, oh my God. <laughs> it's like, that's not what you're doing at all. You can calm down. Sometimes I'll have like thoughts like, you know, I am doing enough, but then I start to have the worry. I'm like, well, are people seeing it though? Mm -hmm. Like I know I'm doing what I need to do, but like if I'm going for a job interview or um, some program interview, are the, am I, are they gonna see that just from like the words I put on my resume or on my transcript? It puts a lot of pressure on you to figure out how do I translate what I am doing so that people understand that yeah. and they see the value that I know is there. That's a good point. And I definitely think that because sometimes I feel like I'm not doing enough, I start to put more and more on my schedule. And then I feel like that kind of hinders my ability to actually achieve what I want to, so. I agree with that a lot. Yeah. yeah. Double-sided sword. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Think about it, the more you put on your plate, the harder it is for you to be extremely su successful in all of those areas that you're kind of trying to give your time and your energy towards as well. Yeah. It drains you. And I feel like it also comes up as in like, oh, you have this opportunity, why aren't you taking advantage of it? Like, you know not everyone gets yeah. it. But then it's like, you can't take advantage of every single opportunity because you would burn yourself out very, very fast. Definitely, I think I experience a lot of burnout because of like imposter syndrome. Like mm -hmm. I do put a lot on my plate and like it starts off really well in the beginning of the semester. It's like, oh yeah, I'm getting so much done. I'm, a, I'm adding so many things to my resume. And then like now at this time of the semester, you know, I forget what week we're in, like nine, and I'm tired. Yeah, you start so feeling tired. it. You're yeah. like, ooh, maybe I put too much on my schedule. And like you start pulling away from some of those commitments in a way. Not fully, but like you're not putting like your 100% in like you were at the beginning. For sure. So then like, then it starts making me feel bad. Like, oh, now I'm letting people down. Yeah. It sucks. It's a very vicious cycle. Because then when you yeah. start get, getting that feeling of I'm letting people down, suddenly that imposter syndrome is creeping back in, right? I'm not doing enough, I'm not being enough, I'm not fully present, and then we're back in that spiral, right? Yeah. I think that's the best way to describe it, a cycle and a spiral. Yeah. Don't you love our brains? <laughs> <laughs> it can be dangerous. I guess then the question is, how do you cope with it? How do you move through it, push past it, and bring yourself back to that solid ground? Um, for me, I found that when I do reach out to uh, counselors who kind of know the ropes and like how I can make sure that I am like doing what I need to do, but also making sure I'm like uh, doing not too much at the same time, they kind of help me sort out the thoughts in my brain. And advisors as well, academic advisors, they tell you like uh, what classes you need to take, in order to like make sure you like get your degree and stuff but also like in like a way that you're not like over like scheduling like your classes so i think right. like for academics that's like very important yeah like focusing on the things you absolutely need rather than like all the little pieces i agree though like with counselors like i've gone to therapy in the past and like one thing that my therapist has explained to me is like focus on the things you can control 
because you're the things that are making you spiral are things outside of your control um, and like that helps me start to ask myself is this something I can control and if yes that I can do something about it and if it's not then I can just let it go to the side and let someone else take care of it almost yeah. that takes the pressure off right there yeah when you realize that like I can't control this and there's nothing I can do about this but I can do something about this side of it whether it's how I'm reacting or responding to it that's where I have the ability to make control I think I really like to focus on affirmation and validation because not just like from internal like me saying it to myself but also from external sources because when they say it it makes me like oh my god I am doing that like I am actually not in a position that I like to think that I'm in and getting that it, it can be from like anyone like oh a professor like you know you did a great job in your assignment and that's such a small thing in like retrospect but that sticks with me it's like oh no I actually did that like that was me <laughs> yeah sometimes I'll get like the comments like on like a you know like a discussion post from a professor being like that was a really good insight I'm like you're right that was a good insight yeah, <laughs> yeah I think we tend to be like uh, too humble sometimes and I think it's okay to uh, be proud of the things that you've done like small or little so I think that's a good point yeah, yeah. affirming yourself no, because like I know with my therapist, that is one thing that we work with. Like, it's not just like kind of finding that balance between both external and internal, because you can't always rely on external sources. You're never like mm -hmm. going to feel that satisfaction if it doesn't also come from yourself. And that's why, like, also reminding myself of um, times when I have been like proud of myself and my word. Like, I can look back at that page or that like research or like whatever it is that I've done and be like. You were really proud of that. Like, re like retain that feeling. Yeah. And are there physical or tangible things that you guys do go to? Like you said, like that paper, that exam, that comment, mm -hmm. whatever it is. Are there things that you guys kind of keep in your back pocket? Not literally, maybe, but to be able to have that you can turn to in those moments where maybe you do need that boost and you need to get yourself back on track. Honestly, my resume. Cause like, <laughs> I'll put any accolade I'll get, like any award. I'm like, wow, I forgot I got that. Like, yeah, I did earn that and I did achieve that. I think my resume helps me. Like, sometimes I just look at it in class when I'm feeling down. I'm like, wow, look at that. I did all that. Exactly. <laughs> For me, um, I really like to dance and I, well, we have people like record our dance videos and when I like watch those videos again, I like feel proud of myself for learning the choreography. I do monk dancing with HMSA sometimes, and then uh, in high school I did some K-pop dancing. And so when I go back to those videos and I see all the hard work that my team put in, it reminds me that hey, I've done something cool and like uh, put a lot of effort into it. So that's what I like to do. Just go back into like the memories, like videos, pictures, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think um, for me it also comes through with things that aren't like academic, career, professional related. Just being like, you're proud of yourself in other areas too. It's not always about like whatever is benefiting your like like future or anything like that. Sometimes it's literally just like, hey, this was a great drawing that you did <laughs> once in a blue moon because you're not a great <laughs> <Yeah>. drawer. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> um, I think sometimes for me like it's sometimes that simple reflection of like thinking back and going like okay where was I a year ago mm -hmm. wow look at how far I've come 
Like a lot has happened in that year and I'm a different person today because of those things that happened. I, I mean, sometimes that's even a month of where I was I at when I started the semester. And oh my gosh, look at everything I've gotten done already. Like I've gotten this far through the semester. I've succeeded in all of these ways. I can keep pushing through. I can get a little bit further. Yeah, I think I do that honestly weekly. I look back at the week and I'm like, wow, I had this busy schedule, but I got through it on to the next one. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's like, yeah, it's, it does make you proud to like get through. So when you guys are in that place where your confidence is kind of getting a little shaky, what helps you to regain that confidence and get yourself back on track? I think for me, it was really just, cause I came back from a study abroad experience and some um, last semester and then I came back and I was like what are you doing at home like I, I feel like I'm not doing anything anymore and so I really took that initiative to be like okay you're gonna get more involved especially because like I think after COVID it kind of had that feeling of I don't really need to be doing this like just going to my class is enough for right now but at some point it just hit that like threshold of you can do more you, you, you can do like in all honesty, in a healthy manner, you can do more, right? But um, I kind of just got involved, like doing the PAW program, as we are. Um, I got a job on campus, and I like volunteered with um, one of my labs, and I was just like, I feel great right now. I have a lot on my plate, that is true, but a lot of it makes me more confident talking to other people and getting like networking, because I wouldn't know like you guys if I hadn't done this. So I think really just being like, recognizing where your limit is but really kind of pushing yourself to like it's okay like be a bit more bold like it, it'll pay off yeah I had a similar experience that I'm a transfer student and so I was like coming from a community where I felt really good in and then coming to a new community and I had the same experience like I'm not doing a lot other than going to classes so that's when I started like talking to professors and advisors like asking what's on campus um, I ended up starting a club with some new people, joined the PAW program, um, just got more involved on campus. I also got a job on campus, which helped me get to know a lot more people as well. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I would say the same thing as well. To regain my confidence, I kind of wanted to immerse myself more with my Hmong culture. So I joined HMSA. I joined last year, but I wasn't very committed to it. So this year I ran for a officer position and I got it and that's been a wonderful experience. I've been able to uh, just work with the members more and just like experience what HMSA, that the Hmong Student Association has to offer. And I also got a job not on campus, but um, I got accepted into like the scribe position at St. Agnes just two weeks ago. So I'm very proud of myself for that so just doing things that I know will not only like help me in my future my career path but also just like make myself like feel um, like I'm doing things for for fun like with the Mosin Association because they have dancing opportunities that I like to do like I said earlier and expands your network it gives you more people because you guys talked about sometimes you have to seek that external support and motivation sometimes we need our outside cheerleaders so when we have that larger network of people who can help support us that could sometimes bring our confidence up in and of itself definitely I for think sure. I can attest to that definitely for her yeah I think like also because um, the more people you meet the more you realize how similar and different you are and they're both 
good like you don't want to obviously only be around people who are similar and like only people who are different like having that mix really helps me be like no like you're enough like look at you it's uh, it's like that idea of like intersectional identity right that you're like this works it's okay you can be who you are and it's a-okay yeah do what you are doing is exactly what you are supposed to be doing exactly just because someone else isn't doing it like I guess to reiterate, what you're doing isn't what's best for someone else, mm -hmm. and what they're doing isn't what's going to be best for you. Yeah. Yep. So are there resources that you guys have leaned on or towards that have helped to support you in this journey that we might be able to share with our listeners today? I think one thing that's like really big is talking to um, professors about resources that are on campus, because a lot of the opportunities I learned about was through them. Things like, um, like higher Fresno State, how I got my job, right? That can be like a really big resource for connecting like inner campus and everything like that. At least that's like one that worked for me. Yeah, and counseling services, like we talked about earlier, like a big push through for me was having someone on the outside tell me like, hey, you're spiraling, uh, you're focusing on things you can't control. So I think the counseling services on campus would be really beneficial to anyone. Mm -hmm. uh, for me, for those of you who are like seeking like healthcare paths, I would recommend joining the Health Careers Opportunities Program. They have a weekly newsletter where they like share opportunities that you could be a part of. And I think that would be something that would be useful for a lot of students. Yeah. And I think professors, like if you're not in health services, yeah. professors will know similar programs that can help you the same way, for sure. Yeah. And start those conversations, whether it's with faculty, whether it's with staff or your peers. Oftentimes you have someone within your circle who's connected in other ways that can kind of help introduce you to new things too. Yeah. yeah. And like, this is a shameless plug for professors, but go to their office hours. Like, yes. you learn so much. I got a lot of validation from one of my professors this semester. Mm -hmm. He was like, if they don't accept you into the program, they're wrong. I, if you don't, I wouldn't believe it. I'm like, oh, you believe in me. Exactly. <laughs> and like having, especially someone who is like, in our minds, you know, a professional, an academic, and like saying like, oh, no, you will thrive in this mm -hmm. is so validating. You're like, oh my God, I will. Like, yeah. Talk about those moments that boost the confidence, like you stand a little mm -hmm. taller and feel more comfortable, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Walk out of the room with a smile and you're like, yeah, I got this. All right. So we always wrap up our podcast episodes with a question of the week. So our question of the week is if you could give your freshman self some advice right now, what would that advice be? That's a good one. That's that is a very good question. I have to question. think about it. <laughs> I, would, I would probably tell my freshman self, involve yourself in the community as much as you can. Because that's I feel like that's how I've gained a lot of confidence and like how I've networked a lot. Mm -hmm. and I think that's what's really helped me through higher education. I would just tell her to step back a little bit because uh, even as a freshman I was like just stacking on too much I feel like so I think it'd be good for her to know that I am in a good place right now and that she's doing what she needs already she doesn't need to put any more on her plate and everything's gonna be okay. I think for me it was more similar to Holly because I would just drive to campus, go to my class, drive home. 
and I wouldn't talk to people in my class or anything like that and I would just tell her like you can take a risk you can talk to another human being that you don't already know and like make those friends because honestly I taking those risks like sophomore and uh, junior year have really been what is like developing that network of being like oh you can talk to people from like different disciplines um just like randomly like hey you know you're in two of my classes i don't know you at all but you're in both of these right and just really leaning into like take that risk be a little bit more bold because being sheltered is not always the best yeah lonely lonely isolating yeah, yeah. And then those demons in my mind just keep talking to me and I'm like, I don't really want to talk to you anymore. But yeah. Well, Bulldogs, you heard it here. You've got your feedback, whether you're a freshman or not. Great place to start. Great words of wisdom. I appreciate you guys taking the time to talk about this topic of imposter syndrome. Bulldogs, we'll hope to have you tune in to our next episode soon. Make sure you're following us on Instagram at FS Health Center, where we're going to share more opportunities to take that deeper dive into wellness and to have some fun at the same time. You can also visit our website at fresnostate.edu backslash health to learn more about the programs and services available at the Student Health and Counseling Center. 